Hello everybody, this is Andre. Welcome to the Marketing Innovation Show. On today's episode, we have Alex Mitchell. Alex is the founder of the charity Kita South, the co-founder and UK president of G20 Young Entrepreneurs Alliance and the uh, chair of the Institute of Directors in the UK. Um, more specifically, the IOD 99 um, part of the IOD, which uh, tackles the small and medium-sized uh, business community as well as the entrepreneurship um, community in the UK. Hi Alex, how's everything going? Yeah, good. Suffering from hay fever at the moment, but otherwise not too bad. Ouch. <laughs> Hope it's not very bad. Um, no, it's okay. not too bad. Just if I start sneezing or sniffing or rubbing my eye, I can only apologize. <laughs> okay, no worries. No need to apologize. Um, okay, super. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, it's a real pleasure and it feels like it's been such a long while since we last met with the lockdown. But hopefully everything is going on on your side. How's, how's life yeah, these days? It's not going too badly. It's been quite a long time, I think, where we uh, caught up last in central London. I trying mm-hmm. to think where. I think you just, um, uh, I think you just returned back from uh, Romania or somewhere like that. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going too badly. I mean, it's, the weather's been nice here, so it's been good. Um, but it's, uh, it, it gets you down a bit after a time, being sort of locked down and all the rest of it. But it's, it's going okay. It's going okay. Yeah, we are nearly there. <laughs> Let's see what uh, the government announced. For the time being. For the time being, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so um, first of all, let's tell the people on uh, on the show listening to the show what they can expect from today. So, in terms of the sh- subject for our discussion, um, because of your expertise in the in the field as well as your very deep involvement with the entrepreneurship community in UK, but also globally, um, we discussed before the show, and uh, we think it's going to be a good direction to go into the. Um, tackling the changes and challenges that the small and medium-sized businesses suffered in this period, as well as potential opportunities for them going forward when the economy is going to start to pick up again, both from the business and marketing perspective. So that's gonna, this is going to be uh, an episode that is going to tackle both subjects and mainly from, for our audience, which is mostly formed out of uh, entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized business owners and marketing guys. Uh, we hope that we're going to be able to bring a lot of value to, to you guys listening to the show. So, Alex, do you want to go a bit more into, first of all, what you are doing at the moment, your main ventures, your main projects, and what keeps you busy these days? So, um, I only hope to your listeners and watchers that I actually add some value. Um, if not, I can add some bit of a sort of useful anecdotes at least. Um, so, as Andre mentioned, I'm the founder of Kitasat, which is a charity that focuses on providing key items of kit and equipment, sports kit and equipment, to primarily athletes um, who suffer from disabilities in developing nations, and then also to young people from disadvantaged communities in the UK. Um, I, as Andre said, I chair the IOD 99, which is the Institute of Directors Entrepreneurs Community. Um, I helped set up the G20 Entrepreneurs Alliance, which is a body of circa 500,000 entrepreneurs across the globe in all G20 nations, including the EU, which is obviously a member of the G20 as well. And then I um, run my own small startup agency called Causama. Amazing. Okay, so uh, just to let the guys here um, find out more about what you have been doing, because you've been helping out a lot um, us and the people in the IOD 99 lately as well with forming the community when and basically like a support group for when the things going started to go a bit worse than expected. So back in February, March, and that I think helped a lot of people, um, you know, find the support that they need the information as well as, you know, like peer 
support as well. Um, guys, uh, so, some of the activities that Alex is involved with a lot is also mental health and helping people, you know, overcome hardship or hard times in business when these occur, which is something yeah, that... that yeah, <laughs> yeah, something that uh, in start in the startup space is happening quite a bit, um, as some of you might know. Um, so, Alex, how was this period of time uh, from your perspective, working closely with so many businesses at once? Like, oh, what did you find um, were the hardest things to overcome? Maybe some uh, some situations where businesses managed to capitalize on or some on some opportunities, although for sure there weren't too many opportunities, but no. Um, what are some examples of interesting things that happened that you were I, part of? I, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things. So I'll, I'll firstly talk about some of the interesting themes that I've seen start, and now I'll talk about one or two possible case studies, which I know the founders won't mind me sharing with different, of different businesses. Um, I mean, there, there are a lot of words that I'll try not to use too much, but unprecedented, challenging, pivoting, and stuff like this, we, we all hear a lot at the moment. Um, but it is all of those things. It, you know, we today, which is early June, we've just seen the Office of National Statistics come out saying the economy has shrunk by almost 20%. This is staggering. This is 10 times higher than the pre... And that was in one month, right? Okay. This is 10 times higher than the previous biggest drop ever. You know, this is, this is huge. Okay, so... We are facing difficulty. And there's no point in beating about a bush, you know, a... You know, there are certain sectors, all of us are going to be hit to some way, but there are certain sectors which have been really decimated, you know, hospitality, events, um, F&B sectors, especially on the high street, high street shops, retail, that sort of thing, have, have really struggled. Um, what I'm seeing is that where, like we've, I've, I run a podcast as well and spoken to quite a few founders and run these different communities, speaking to quite a few as well. and. It's it, when you're faced with a challenge, it's very difficult to sometimes go, right, this is going to be the decision I make. Because when you're faced with a challenge of this type, you don't know quite what it's going to go on for. I don't know if you were, you know, if you're in the UK, you might remember at the start of lockdown, well, maybe it's going to be three weeks. I mean, we're on week 11, week 12 now. So it's very difficult for business to go, right, actually, we're going to pivot to this because it might only happen for three weeks. Now, I think a lot of us knew this was probably going to be longer. And three weeks and, it, and the severity looked like it was going to be relatively serious but the UK has suffered more than most and we won't get political on here but you know you can look at leadership on the political side and, and debate that and as long as you like um, but within business it's difficult what I have seen is those businesses that took the risk at a point of challenge have tended to be the ones which are doing okay now now by that, it means, but what do I mean by taking risk? It's, um, it could look at the way your customers engage with you. You know, there's, I spoke to a founder a couple of weeks ago who runs a restaurant, runs two restaurants up in Edinburgh. Um, they had really good footfall. It was really great. Central locations, all that sort of stuff. Suddenly lockdown, bang, business is gone. No money coming into the business at all. Suddenly the, all your costs are the only thing in the business, you know, rental, service, utility costs, staffing costs, running costs, all this sort of stuff, food or that you might have left over that is going to go anyway, is going to go to waste. You've got a huge number of costs and nothing coming in. Literally no one coming through the door. You're not allowed to unlock the door, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the decision he made there 
was to invest very quickly within a week in a um, online ordering platform that you put onto his website so you could buy the product directly and they were delivered directly to the door under, you know, with social distancing measures in mind, with strong health and safety measures in mind in the shop, following government guidance and all the rest of it. Now that meant that A, it was it was a risk. Like he didn't know is, is this going to go on for um, is, is this going to go on for a week, a month? How how long is it going to go on for? And for him, it was a, is a, is a risk. It was a financial risk having to spend money at a time where you've got no money coming in and all the money still going out. It's you know that is tough. Right? That is like Jesus Christ. You know what should I do? But he made that decision, and as such, he set that up within two and a half weeks. And from two and a half weeks on to 11 weeks in, so what, he's been doing it for about seven and a half weeks now, he has had revenue coming in and fairly substantial revenue because he got it going quite quickly. So he almost had first mover, first mover advantage, um, which again helped because there were relatively few people out there doing it apart from the traditional takeaways. And even those at that period of time didn't know. In addition to that, he also built up a strong customer base because he's been there for his customers at a time when they needed people to do things, you know? So, so he was able to work with his customers saying, look, you know, you love us. You love coming into our restaurant. Why don't you do a takeaway with us now? So he, that, that was one example. There's another example of a drone company that um, they, they do, um, what one of their areas is off-sea um, remote diagnostic of off-sea oil rigs, you know, metal fatigue impact assessments and stuff like that. And um, obviously that market dried up literally overnight, very quickly. Don't want to do any of that sort of stuff. We don't know what's happening. And if you follow the stock market, you would have seen the impact of um, COVID-19 on, on oil prices. Um, what he did was he turned around his whole manufacturing facility into the 3D printing side of it and all rest, into the production of uh, PPE, personal protective equipment, for local hospitals with face masks and, and things like that. So again, it was a very quick decision. He had to make that decision. It was leadership to make that decision. But it is difficult, like, you know, when startups tend to offer, operate on a week-to-week or possibly a month-to-month, you know, cash flow perspective, suddenly having that cut off, you have no money coming in, costs going out. It is a very difficult sell, even to yourself, let alone if you've got a board or if you've got a team or your employees around you to turn around and say, look, I know it's tough. I know I'm going to have to furlough some of you. I know we've got no money coming in at all, but hey... That little bit of money we have in the bank for a rainy day, I need to use that now. That is really difficult. That is, you know, that is sleepless nights time. That is panic. That is worry. That is that is all the rest of it. But for those that have made, and there'll be those that have made that decision at Hammerworks, but I've spoken to a lot that did make that decision. They made it early, and now they've got revenue coming in. The other side is uh, around supply chain resilience and stuff like this, you know, how strong is your supply chain? How, you know, the, the examples I gave before, the example I gave with the restaurant is very much around customer facing, you know, how do customers engage with you? You know, it's if there's another example of a gin company down in, um, not a gin company, a non-alcoholic beverage company down in Bristol. And they sold directly into uh, bars and stuff like that. Now, obviously, lockdown, bang, gone. Nothing. No, no revenue at all. So instantly they put in, right, we need to look at how are we going to sell our product? How do we get to our customers? What platforms do we use? How do we get on there? How do we get there? How do we create that engagement? So it's looking at that pipeline. If, if that pipeline is dried up, 
How can you open up this pipeline? How can you diversify the business? How much is it going to cost? What is the risk? What is the potential reward? Can you do it cheaply? Do you have a customer base that you know are going to use it? Do you have the data to engage with that customer base? Because again, that, that can be challenging in its own right. Supply chain, again, you know, it's it's very difficult. You know, if you've got economies locking up across the world, if you have a global supply chain or even a local supply chain that is locking up, how do you get the product in, you know, the items in to make your product? It isn't easy. So it's looking at the resilience of your supply chain and having secondary and tertiary supply chains in place as well that have been stress tested to a point. So you can, again, pivot quickly. The last situation you ever want to be in for a business is where you're not making any money. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a real struggle. You've got to look at like how can you diversify your revenue streams. Now, if that is diversifying your product, if it is diversifying your your manufacturing base, is it if it is diversifying your customer engagement point? Is it you know if it's around diversifying your marketing, which obviously and Andre you're really strong at. You've got to you've got to look at all these different aspects when you are faced with a challenge like this. And where where those leaders do come out where those people do come out and go right okay this is how i'm going to do this is going to be how i create this solution this is the problem this is going to be the way i'm going to create a solution about it those have been the ones that i've seen have had more resilience over the last 11 11 12 weeks and will ultimately have more resilience during the course of this uh during this pandemic because they've been able to diversify they've been able to look at it they've been able to meet the challenge but it isn't easy there's no point in pretending it is mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So hospitality and uh, travel has have been really, really put to the ground. Um, one thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on as well was the services and the yeah the service business and B two B in general. When we talk about the services, because I think software was impacted to a point so that I mean, obviously people were not spending thousands of pounds anymore on software for a year. So uh, yep. you know, from a sales perspective, probably that was um, an impact as well. But services and the smaller businesses that were offering services or professional services from the discussions that i i know you had um how did they manage to overcome this period of time how did they reinvent themselves uh do do you have any cases that come to mind services is a really interesting point because they're relatively transactional in place you know it tends to be b2b based it tends to be relatively this is what I offer, this is what I'm here, this is what I'm going to do. Project delivery, project focus, you know, that, that type of thing. A friend of mine runs this accountancy firm which they decided, or she decided, right, okay, what we want to do is provide more meaningful engagement with our client base. So she now has created a community of her clients as an accountancy firm. This is something a membership organization would do, right? If it's something mm-hmm. you an accountancy organization do, they do meetups, they do meetups on Fridays, they do learning sessions together and all the rest of it. This is an accountancy firm that is doing this. This isn't a membership body. This isn't a network. This isn't a community. They've created their own community. And I think also the other businesses I've seen that are doing relatively well within the service space, it's it's showing empathy with what people are facing, okay, and understanding of the challenges that business are facing at this moment in time. Understanding what the options are, you know, needing to look at payment mechanisms, need to look at payment models, need to be adaptive, need to be supportive. Understanding that the businesses you are engaging with are most probably facing an incredibly difficult time. There are sectors which are actually doing, or individuals in those sectors are actually doing quite well. You know, coaches, for example, I've got a couple of friends who run coaching businesses, they're doing quite well. Marketing agencies, 
possibly slightly less so at the moment, but there's always the Unilever model of spend in a time of crisis, spend on marketing in a time of crisis, which is I'm quite a big believer on, actually. Um, but again, it is, it's about understanding where the client is coming from, understanding the risks they're looking at, thinking about the conversations they're going to be having at a board level, conversations they're going to be having at an individual level, conversations they're going to be having in their head. If you're able to come with that with a degree of empathy and understanding and provide value adds outside of the core service you are offering, like can you plug them in to other clients, can you create virtual meetups and things like this, this is that, this is that tiny little bit of USB that is going to make you stand out from others within that space. And to be honest, if you are there providing a meaningful service and additional value add, which doesn't cost you much and hopefully not much time either, at this moment in time, they're going to stick with you for going forward because you've been there to help them. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of connecting the client base. Uh, this is so cool, right? So yeah. cool. For an, for an accountancy as well, for an accounting company. It's brilliant. They've created their own community, right? It's yeah, yeah. Cool. Very nice. Awesome. Cool. So uh, for you guys listening, maybe this is something that you could be doing as well. Uh, and for any clients of ours that are listening, you guys probably know that we try to intermediate some of this stuff as well um, on email when, when we could and when, when it was an opportunity. So this is something that we definitely are looking at as well. Uh, we haven't done the Friday meetings yet, which I think would be really nice to do. So <laughs> I, Andre, the thing, what I would say is, is this, this collaboration ethos. This um, genuine support, this genuine peer engagement ethos. Don't ever, ever underestimate the value of bringing people together in an altruistic environment. You're not there to create more money or more sales or anything like this. You're providing genuine value add at a time when people are worried, where people are nervous, where people are concerned about where their money is coming in from. If you are genuinely providing something which could help them out, be it a WhatsApp group, be it a Facebook group, be it you know, Zoom meetups or stuff like this, they'll, you know, it, it provides massive value add. It, it really supports, it can really help support people. And the mm-hmm. cost is minimal. Awesome. Thanks so much for the insight. Um, and moving now into uh, the marketing ele- element of it. Now, uh, I know you've been tackling it from many perspectives and also with Kitas Out as well, with sponsorships and all the other channels that are additional to digital. Um, but do you have some insights that maybe you encountered personally or maybe you found people that you were working with or uh, consulting for or helping out on projects they were struggling with, you know, like in terms of marketing spend, what was the general feel, uh, what were people more likely to look at investing in, maybe where people were getting their most uh, return on advertising spend from? Um, I, marketing is always sadly one of those areas that you come into a point of... Um, financial restraint it tends to be one of those areas that tends to be cut um i i always think that as i said earlier i mentioned the unilever thing i always think that's a huge shame because now is the time you need to be out there your your competitors won't be so now's the time to it's it's difficult like i said about taking the risk when your market is drying up when your customer base is drying up it's difficult to go hey let's spend money on a marketing campaign It, it isn't easy but if you've got something meaningful to talk about, if you've got something meaningful to add, but not just the general marketing stuff you'd said down, again, showing that empathy, showing that understanding, showing that support is so, so, so important. And that is where the value adds can really be created. But it isn't easy to do. You know, and you've got to look at doing things slightly differently. You know, people are inundated 
with comms at the moment. You've got to look at like what stands you what stands you out. Maybe don't market as a direct sale point of view, but market as look. We don't care if you're a customer of ours or not. We just want to do something that can support, something that can provide genuine value. I'd like what you're doing with this podcast. You know, genuine, like anyone can watch this. It isn't open to paid clients or things like this. It doesn't necessarily need to be or anything like that. It's like, we just want to do that. We just want to provide something to help you out. And when people are in a situation like this, providing that genuine support that isn't, hey, you can only get this if, you know, you're a client of ours or if you pay this retainer or that retainer. If it's not costing you much, why shouldn't you share the wealth? Why shouldn't you share the knowledge? It's mm-hmm. so, so important. Super. And also on this note, I think uh, for you guys listening, uh, content marketing might be something that it'd be cheap for you to do. I mean, even running a podcast as you do, Alex, as we do, is some is ultimately content marketing in a form, uh, which is audio and video content. We put yeah. it out there. It brings value. Uh, it doesn't cost us anything more than just our time to do. And obviously, you know, availability and energy. But that's something that if you are not running the business at the moment at the capacity that you were before, maybe it's something that you could relocate or, uh, you know, get from there and put into creating valuable content. And then this- you, you learn a lot as well, right? Like you yeah. do podcasts, you'll meet, apart from myself, obviously, you'll meet some really interesting people. And <laughs> you learn a lot from that. You learn about their own experiences. You get an understanding of what they're doing, you know, and if you've got some time, it's a great chance. It's a great opportunity to do something. It provides value out by helping yourself learn and develop new skills and ideas. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to not be the smartest person in the room. Like, you know, for example, for uh, for me, for example, I'm always trying to bring people that have experiences that I don't have. Like, for example, you, Alex, uh, you are getting involved with all these activities and helping out corporate clients or uh, being an advisor on government boards and being actively representing the business community of, you know, yeah. UK um, into the international space. So. Obviously, you have so much more wealth of knowledge in that direction that us, like me, as well as our listeners can apply. But for for you guys listening, maybe it would be hard for you to get to know Alex <laughs> if this wasn't happening. And then from this point onwards, uh, maybe it can be a channel for you guys to communicate directly. Or maybe, you know, Alex can help you in a way. Or maybe, you, you know, you can contribute to get us out in a way and maybe give back to the community. Or it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, we always think, we don't have much to share ourselves, but everyone, you, me, everyone watching this will have their own unique journey. They'll have their own insights of what they've been through. And some of that will be lessons. And although you might think well, it isn't much of a lesson to me, someone else, it might be actually genuinely quite valuable. So mm-hmm. never think you don't have content. You have content. You just need to think of ways you can get it out there and ways to articulate it in a manner that other people can understand and resonate. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Awesome. So um, now that we are hopefully going into better economic times, although <laughs> my personal view is that we are not yet uh, at the bottom uh, in terms of the economic impact. Um, this is something that I said before as well on the podcast. However, from a blockage point of view, hopefully things are going to start to be unblocking a bit over the next couple of months. So um, from, let's say from a small to medium-sized business that was very much impacted during this time. Maybe they managed to keep themselves up above the water, but they didn't necessarily grow or prosper in this time. Um, Alex, what do you think would be some things that they might be able to look at so that they, if they missed the boat the last time, when let's say in February or March, when they had the first opportunity to change the way that they were doing things in order to capitalize on, 
on something. What do you think they could be doing now to gain an advantage over their competitors, let's say, or to establish themselves in their industries now that hopefully the economy is going to be a bit more started? Um, I mean, they, the future is unknown, right? You know, three months ago, four months ago, we never would have thought we were in this position, but here we are. So you don't know where we're going to be in three or four months, um, three or four months' time. I think it's, it's what, all, all you can say is, is look, at, look at what skill set you have got in place at the moment in your business. At some point, we're going to start to come out of this. We're starting to see some elements of lockdown being reduced in the UK at the moment. Social distancing measures being put in place. At some point, they might be reduced down a bit and things like this. And you're seeing the same across Europe broadly as well. Um, when this happens, things aren't going to start to move. And you've got to look at, right, am I ready to move? Um, do I? And it isn't just about you. It's about your team, your business, your environment, the mental health of your staff. You know, it's going to be difficult. Like, I live in London. Like, do I really want to go back to commuting an hour each way every single day into central London? No, I don't. Like, that isn't what my life has changed fundamentally over this lockdown. And that just being one example of it. I'm not going to do that. And any client I work with has got to understand that. That isn't how I want to lead my life. And, you know, it's, it's when, you, when you start to come out of this, what you can do at the moment is start to look at, right, where do I want to be? What staff do I have in place? What skill sets do I have in place? Are my staff okay? Are they, you know, how is their mental health? Are they supported? Are, are they being supported? Do I know how they are genuinely feeling rather than just a large team catch up once a week or once a fortnight or once a month? Like, are they having those genuine conversations? Do you understand how they feel, where they're focusing, where they're going? Have you been speaking to your current customers? Have you been speaking to your past customers? Are you starting to see and understand what their purchasing habits could be going forward? You know, if you're in the, the retail sector, are they going to naturally go back to buying on the high street to the same level they were? Or are they going to go back to, are they going to remain buying heavily online? Like Theo Pafitas from um, Head of Ryman's on former Dragon's Den or on Dragon's Den was giving an interview on the BBC a couple of weeks ago. And he said, look, what this has done is accelerate what was going to happen over five years mm -hmm. in this period of time in relation to the high street. And I broadly feel he's, he's correct. I mean, he's far more experienced than I am. But I kind of feel he knows, he, he, he is right on that point. I think you are seeing a fundamental shift. So, you know, while you have this moment, appraise where your business is right now. Appraise, understand if you got stuff wrong, what did you get wrong and what can you learn from it? Look at what skill sets you have in base and resources you have in place at this moment in time. Be that staff, be it machinery, be it whatever it might be. What resources do you have in place right now? Speak to your customers now. Understand, get an insight of what they might be doing, the way they might buy your product, the way they might engage with you moving forward. That is absolutely key. Have, if you haven't already, create that relationship. It's going to be uncertain. We don't know what it is going to look like. We hope the economy is going to pick up quickly as well. It might not. You know, if you speak to a lot of economists, it might well not, and, certain, and definitely certain sectors won't. So, you know, they, they always say, I can't remember, was it, I can't remember who, who gave the quote, but knowledge is power. Possibly Lord Palmerston or something like that. Um, knowledge is power. And at this moment in time, it is difficult 
to understand where your knowledge is. You, you don't know about a vaccine. You don't know about could there be a second wave or a third wave. We don't know that. I don't know that. But what you do know, what you do have access to, is data within your own business and data within your customer base. That might not, you know, things might change. But at least if you have an understanding of what your customers are looking at, where people are buying, what what their likelihood, their sort of purchasing tendency is going to be after lockdown. You know, you you hear a lot at the moment, everyone's going to go out and spend, spend, spend. I mean, I don't know if they will. Like, you know, I'm certainly not. I've been like, I've been worried about this. I mean, look at, right, do I have enough savings? I'm not going to go out and spend, spend, spend. I'm going to go, right, I need to make sure I've got a stable client base, my business is going okay, and I'm building my savings mm-hmm. from a business perspective. So, you know, don't necessarily believe into people are going to go out and spend. So I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. Personally, I'm, I'm not an economist, so this is only my feeling of speaking to others who are. I, I'm not certain they are going to go out and spend. So do speak to your customers. Do get that understanding. Look at what data you have and you're able to get and focus on that. Don't focus on the stuff you're not. You know, you don't know when this lockdown is going to end. You don't know if there's going to be a second wave. You don't know if there's going to be a third wave. You don't know if it's all done and that's it. And we're going to go back to business as usual. We don't know that. So there's no point in losing too much sleep over that. What you can do is speak to areas where you can get data, be that internally your staff, be it externally with your customers, and try and understand what they are thinking, what they're looking for, so that regardless of what happens in the future, you have an understanding of where, a, your resources are who run the business for you, you and your team, and also those who are going to buy your product from you. You get an understanding of what both are up to and what both feel at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Super insightful. And also, it just came to my mind now hearing you talk about the subject. One thing that uh, we did internally, and I think it might be good for maybe if somebody that is listening haven't, hasn't thought about it in completion to what you said, um, and they should or could do over the next uh, very close period of time would be to look again at the processes that, that they run internally because this the year so far was a tornado <laughs> to be honest so that uh, many internal processes might have suffered um, alterations or might have not been followed specifically as they would in general and I think this is mainly um, applying to businesses that have a big element of customer service within them, whether that's SaaS or whether that's market marketing or services in general, a service delivery, um, that might be something that everybody had to juggle with over the past couple of months. And on your note, Alex, what you said about things not being again the, the way that they were before, that's very true. And I think that uh, in order to show empathy to your clients and to show that you are responsive to their needs and everything, it might be worth for you to look at the processes that you were just generally previously applying to, you know, delivering services, for example, such as SLAs or uh, delivery times or even pricing models sometimes, uh, and see if you can restructure something or put it in a way that can deliver more value at the end of the day to that specific client. Because it might be that over, because it's not only us that talk about it, that feel that they don't have certainty. It's also your clients that don't know if they have certainty over what's going to happen. So it might be harder for them to purchase something for three months or six months or you know, commit to a price uh, for six months, the same price, whether in the case that they don't know if they're going to be running the same business in two months or three. So um, looking at the processes, making sure that they are aligned with the expectations that maybe changed over the, couple, the last couple of uh, months and then seeing how you might be able to input that process again into the business and respect it as well 
because that's important for business sustainability. Um, that that would also be something that maybe you guys could be looking at. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I mean, it comes back to that knowledge. You know, you, you need to try and work out what other people are thinking and also look at, you know, like, like I said earlier, you know, if, if you operate a big office space for your team, are all your team going to want to come back and work nine to five, five days a week? Some of us probably not. Like you can, you, if you're in a position where your business can work remotely, you can look at cutting down that office space cost and having a rotating system for your staff. So they don't need to be in the office all the time. You can just have a more hot desk environment rather than a permanent desk environment. Via your spot on, Andre. Mm-hmm. Super. Okay, so now as we go more towards the end of the episode, let's try to see what would be some actionable points. I think that we, we made the discussion quite actionable already, so that's amazing. Um, let's see if we can summarize everything that we discussed so far into some main points. Um, I think empathy is a big uh, recurring theme in what we have discussed. Um, I'll let you, Alex, uh, maybe try to uh, summarize a bit and then I'm going to come and <laughs> jump yeah, in the discussion also, as well. Um, I, I mean, yeah, as, as you mentioned, empathy is key. Empathy for your staff, empathy for your customers is, is absolutely crucial. Um, thinking differently, you know, don't go down the hard sell routes. Provide genuine value add to clients or prospective clients. Don't think that the hard sell is going to work. It isn't. People are worried. They're concerned. They're, you know, they're, they're hesitant about spending money. So understand that and look at the value you can create. Um, look at the assets you already have. So if you've got clients, is there an opportunity to bring the clients together in a community in a support environment? You know, I mentioned about that accountancy firm providing Friday meetups and stuff like this, virtual meetups. Now, could you be doing something similar? It provides value added. It you know, brings people together. It supports people in, in, in tough times. Uh, mental health, you know, really, really look after the mental health of your team. They're going to be worried. They're going to be anxious. They're going to be concerned. Same with your customers. You know, people are, you know, this is a very, very difficult time. I mean, I don't read the news anymore or I really limit myself on how much I do read. It's, to, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's enough to create depression, anxiety at the moment. It's getting slightly better now, but um, it hasn't been that positive for the last 10, 11 weeks, obviously. Um, you know, safety as well. You know, this... This has bred a, rightly said, you know, a real concern around this virus and uh, around COVID-19. And you know, your staff are going to be feeling that. You know, make sure you, again, empathise with that. You know, look, you know, don't worry. We are going to make sure the environments are clean that you come into. There is going to be social distancing. We're going to look after you. You are employees and we care about you. Genuine care. Same with your customers as well. If you are a B2C business with direct engagement with customers, what does that look like? Think about what your customers are going to be thinking about. Think about what they're going to be worrying about. Think about the concerns. Again, it's difficult to plan for the future, but try and look at what data sets you have and what they could tell you about what a future could look like from a number of different guises. You know, what resources do you have internally what skill sets do you have internally how are your staff feeling are they engaged are they motivated is there adaptability opportunities you know are they trained up enough at the moment if there's less work but they're not on furlough can you put them on training schemes and things like this so you can build up that skill set internally to get you ready for 
when 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 we come out of this situation your customers what are they thinking what are they thinking on prices what are they thinking on buying what are they thinking on engagement what are they thinking on contracts what are they thinking on retainers what do they think on the products they're buying the engagement they have all that sort of stuff try and have an understanding with it try and show that try and enter into that engagement that dialogue with them um a, a few other things to to sort of keep in mind as you go look it's it's difficult to spend at the moment right where especially if you've got hardly any money coming in it is really difficult to justify spend but if you can look at how you can put money into the business at the moment that can provide a degree of answers to the challenges you've already faced. I mentioned the restaurant. It's an obvious one. Mm -hmm. You've got a kitchen, you've got staff, you either put them on furlough or you get them creating products so that people can buy, right? It isn't a difficult here or there on that side of things. Um, but, you know, it's on, on the marketing side, it's difficult to justify marketing, but you don't need to think about marketing in its current guise of marketing. Like Andre, you mentioned content-led marketing. Look at that, sharing lessons, sharing insight. No, it's, it's providing value, creating podcasts, creating content. If you aren't writing a blog, write a blog. You know, if you run your own business, write a blog about what you're facing. It will help others. You know, it might not lead to any new clients, but you know what, well, at least you've got it down. And at least you've, you've got the lessons you're learning down so you don't forget them either. But it might help other people who are watching it and reading it and looking at it and stuff like that. You know, really, really think about that. Marketing doesn't necessarily need to be, right, I want a, a leaflet created that I want then sending out to X, Y, and Z. It's, that isn't what marketing is anymore. As Andre said, you know, it is really about content-led marketing and being innovative about it. You know, this is, this is called the Marketing Innovation Podcast, right? And you've got to look at being innovative in relation to how you market, how you engage, how you listen, how you interact. It is far less a one-way street now. And I think that has kind of, that has kind of gone. I think when we come out of this, it is going to be a two-way street with customers and clients all the time. It is going to be far more engagement, far more conversation, this far more collaborate, you know, this collaborative approach to doing business. So, you know, keep keep that in mind as well. The final point is, you know, if if your business is is suffering, I really feel for you, so is mine. Um, it isn't easy. I know you're having the sleepless nights, as am I. I know you're worried about the future, as am I. Do take this time to do a little bit of internal work as well if you have the opportunity look at your professional development look at your learnings there are loads of resources out there which we put out for free at the moment by universities open university different training establishments iod check out the iod there's loads of free stuff on there as well like use it to develop yourself but use it to also look at where your business is that stuff that has always been on the back burner oh i'll do it next week i'll do it when there's a quiet time in the business there's a bit of a quiet time in the business now look at it Look at that side, get, get that stuff done that you wanted to do. And it's a massively overused term, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, but where you can pivot, think about what you could be doing. Because this, in, in my view, and this is only my uneducated view, I think we're going to be around this for a while. We must probably come out of lockdown. But I think there's going to be social distancing. There might be further waves and stuff like this. Therefore you need to have systems in place that are able to deal with a very, you know, a hyper-fluid market. 
you know, you, you could suddenly have shops are open and people go and buy stuff. And then suddenly the next day, no, you can't anymore. So you've got to really think about like, you know, how you can build that resilience into your business operating model as best you can. But my final point, which I mentioned earlier, but I'll finish on again as one of my key actions, is mental health. You know, look after your own mental health. Look after your team's mental health. Look after those around you. This is uncertain times. This is challenging times. This is worrying times for everyone. Have those conversations. Make sure in the workplace, in the environment, not everything is about work, work, work. Make sure you have downtime virtually with the teams you run, with the teams you manage. Make sure the business has that and show empathy. It is so, so, so important. Don't, like as Brits, I don't know about you, Andre, but as Brits, we have this really bad thing of brushing things onto the carpet, the stiff British upper lip that we always talk about. Don't show your emotions. That is the worst thing you can do. Like, don't hide away from it. Like, have those conversations and understand others are having those conversations as well. Thank you so much, Alex. This was very, very nice. And uh, I, I'm, I really appreciate the fact that you touched on the mental health thingy because um, I think it's very important for everybody to be empathetic and to understand what what's stays behind maybe some words that somebody might be saying in a conversation, a decision that maybe is rushed or shouldn't be rushed. So very important. And uh, going, you know, uh, aside from marketing and business, I think that we should all remember that we interact and talk to people. And I think that we should start with this point. Very cool. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks a lot for the input. Um, now, finalizing, and uh, maybe, you know, like it's a lot of people here that might want to get in touch with you. Maybe they might want to get involved with some of the things that you are doing. Um, tell us, how can people get involved with some of your activities? Like maybe hit us out. Uh, where can they find you with a podcast? Uh, what kind of advice they can come to your website or your platforms for? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's if I can help you if you're watching this and I can help you, I'm delighted to help. Engage with me on LinkedIn. It's um, all my social media is um, slash Alex D.E. Mitchell. So be it Twitter, be it Instagram, be it Facebook, be it LinkedIn. Just put in facebook.com slash Alex D.E. Mitchell and say with Twitter and stuff like that. Um, reach out to me if I can help. Delighted to. Uh, my website is www.alexdemitchell.com and um, loads of ways to contact me on there as well. You can listen to some of me, my rantings and random thoughts on different topics if you really want to. I, I can't recommend it. I think my only regular listener is my mum, but still. Um, and if there is any way I can help plug you into uh, anyone watching this into anything that I'm doing, please, please do let, let me know. I'm fairly well plugged into the entrepreneurship space, delighted to make introductions if I can. And look, you know, Andre, thank you so much. It's great what you're doing. If you haven't, I'm going to give Andre a plug. You might not like it, but still... Um, if you haven't used his services, do. He's great. He's absolutely fantastic. He's helped me on my um, my sort of um, uh, the 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 engagement I have online with the the content I'm creating. I created content but wasn't getting any good engagement for it, and he's really helped on that side. So do have a chat with him about that. Um, he's excellent. Can't recommend him highly enough. And uh, it's great that you're doing this, Andre. Well done, mate. Top work. Thanks a lot, man. And <laughs> thanks for the recommendation as well. Really appreciate it. And, you know, it's, a, it's always a pleasure to work, uh, to work and to meet together. Um, okay, guys. So Alex is too humble. He's a really, really cool guy and also a very 
professional professional. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to drop all the links to his platforms in the description of this episode. So uh, you can find out more about his projects, more about uh, what he's getting involved with, uh, more about Kita South, as well as uh, potentially get in touch with him if you think that there might be room for a nice collaboration or maybe some advice that Alex could help you with. Always um, <laughs> Super. Alex, thanks so much. Have an amazing evening and looking forward to meeting up face to face hopefully soon. No worries, Andre. Thank you so much for having me. Look forward to a piercing. Take care, mate. Cheers.